Welcome to the Wizards of Dapps podcast, where we interview the creators of various decentralized applications in the Web3 ecosystem. We learn about how they are built and the insights that come from shipping. And we're your co-hosts. I'm Peter. And I'm Bethany. So thanks for tuning in. Today, we're sitting down with Jeff from Axie Infinity. Welcome to Wizards of Dapp. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. So what have you been up to? Um, I mean, we chatted last week about like, hey, let's create a doubt around the Axie Infinity crowd. What gets you excited about the Axie Infinity crowd mainly? Yeah, definitely. So I guess just to, you know, I guess give a little bit of context on my background. Yeah, so I was working at like a kind of conventional uh, recruiting startup, also managing a small equity fund on the side. Yeah, you know, I, I read Zero to One by Peter Thiel, probably like a lot of Good people book. in this space. and got really interested in this idea of kind of creating a new market rather than just improving on existing paradigms. And uh, yeah, like around that time, actually like, yeah, I quit my job and I was just managing equities or running an equity fund for a little bit. Discovered the world of non-fungible tokens through CryptoKitties. So shout out to the Dapper Labs team. They definitely like changed my life. You know, I just kind of dove into the community, dove into the game a little bit. And, you know, what I found really fascinating was that a lot of the initiatives like user growth, content creation, they were being like heavily driven by the community. And I thought that the way that a blockchain game or a non-fungible token-based community is able to kind of align the incentives between the developers and the community through kind of shared value accrual mechanisms, I thought that was super interesting. I actually met the rest of the Axie Infinity team through CryptoKitties. I was streaming and so they kind of knew of me and, you know, they came to me with this idea for kind of like a Pokemon, Tamagotchi, Neopets inspired universe and with the added kind of caveat of everything being all the transactions and the trading being, you know, trustless using Ethereum. I thought that was uh, super compelling and I broke up with my girlfriend. I gave my dog to my parents. They broke my lease, lost my security deposit. And yeah, you know, kind of uh, really dove headfirst into this and uh, yeah, I moved to Asia and yeah, I've been basically addicted to helping grow this space since then. And that was uh, yeah, around February, March of last year. Would you like to give maybe a summary of what Axie Infinity is to those who aren't aware of it? Axie Infinity is a virtual pet universe where, yeah, I guess like the core features right now are centered around uh, battling, collecting, raising these cute fantasy creatures called Axies kind of like small little chubby uh, salamanders in a way. We also had a, a land sale. So it's a central esque Basically, people will be able to have, you know, homes for these pets, harvest different resources. So actually, you know, teams like uh, MakerDAO are actually donating uh, tokens that will then like put within or hide within our land system. I think like one thing that we noticed with early non-fungible token games and economies is that it's quite zero sum. It basically requires a constant stream of new players to buy from older players. And we thought that wasn't a very healthy dynamic, uh, you know, kind of pyramid-like. So what, you know, we want to be the team that kind of pioneers this uh, kind of shift in the business model and the monetization model from very kind of collectible zero sum based economy to something that's more of a traditional network monetization model where you build up a lot of users because you have a strong user base, you know, amazing projects that want to get kind of get the word out will then 
sponsor or, you know, donate tokens or use our community or use our universe as a kind of mechanism for airdrops. And we're starting to see, you know, obviously uh, MakerDAO as the first kind of kind of party to join this, uh, this model, you know, that was a pretty good um, social proof, good signaling. And now we're having like, you know, a, a lot of different projects come to us with these amazing ideas. So yeah, very excited to see how this all pans out. I wonder if like Axie Infinity could be used to onboard people and introduce users, right, into the world of DeFi or Web 3.0. I literally use like have an interface within Axie Infinity to say make a DAO, uh, CD, CDP portal, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually use Axie as like a skin to even like, or, like skin up maybe gambling dApps, right, within Axie. <laughs> so you're betting like this wrapped um, token maybe that's like, one-to-one to a die, right? Or even just die itself and have people bet through Axie or allow them to buy art or even create art within uh, the Axie Infinity world. But it's obviously interacting with all these other open protocols, right? And, you know, the interesting thing about CryptoKitties was that last week we talked with um, Benny, right? And interesting thing he talked about was how CryptoKitties was introducing, you know, so many new players to the world of Web3, and their philosophy was all about... I'm living proof of that. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and they're all about kind of exposing Web3 to the maximum ability of the game. They, they don't want to abstract it. Instead, they want to show it off, play with it, and, and show off what dynamics can exist. I wonder if like Axie could be that vehicle, perhaps, right? Where it kind of acts as this portal, right, to Web3 itself. Yeah. You're touching on, on a lot of great things that kind of get to the crux of what we're trying to do. Um, you know, first part of the vision was, hey, let's onboard people into blockchain in general, right? And one thing that we've been trying to see is, hey, does anyone have a Coinbase referral link? Does anyone have a Binance referral link? How do I buy my first taxis? How do I buy my first ETH? That's, being, that's something that's becoming increasingly more common within in our Discord community, which I'm super excited about. That's kind of like the North Star that we're, you know, uh, always aiming towards is, you know, onboarding, you know, p- yeah, people who aren't familiar with crypto. I call them muggles. <laughs> I prefer the term muggle. So yeah, you know, we're definitely, I, I think like we can be a very strong incentive to get people to kind of test out the waters. But yeah, as you mentioned, I'm quite active in the DeFi community. I'm actually a New Yorker. So I love, uh, you know, whenever I go out to New York, I like going to the DeFi NYC meetups. Um, shout out to Cole for hosting those. They're always super cool. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I've, I've been, you know, onboarding our users onto Uniswap, DYDX, Obviously, you know, we just had, uh, we just did a make a promotion with MakerDAO and I believe like around 150 of our players, I think, opened CDPs for the first time um, through that promotion so that they could, you know, claim this NFT. But they're also like, now they're like, this is amazing. Like I can basically, you know, I can be a bank and I can actually provide financial services as wow. well by, uh, by lending, right? And I can also get a loan without having to deal with a bank. I don't have to get rejected, right? The terms are transparent. They're open to everyone. So I think open finance is, you know, kind of like a red pill moment where when people realize that they can not just, you know, take control of their money through owning cryptocurrency, but also, you know, by, uh, you know, getting fair and equal access to credit and also having access to providing financial services. I think that's super powerful and compelling concept and is just going to act as a magnet for fiat. So you mentioned the Discord a lot. Right? I understand that's a core integral part of the Axie Infinity community. How many people are in it? I know there's some people with like 50,000 messages. 
Yeah, we just hit uh, 4,000 people inside the Discord a couple of days ago, which is you know something that we're super excited about. Um, obviously, yeah, it's, it's quite early days. We have around 100 people like either battling or sending transactions to our contracts. I think like, yeah, if you guys, if you guys know Accio Labs, like I think they have a pretty good tracking mechanism. It's like around like, yeah, 800 people sending uh, TX to all our contracts. Um, for reference, like something like MakerDAO has like 2,400, Hybrid and 4,000. So, you know, the t- quite <laughs> tippy top of these things are still uh, quite small. From the very early days, because we came in with this notion that a blockchain game or a non-fungible token-based community, one of the key selling points or one of the key ways that we can distinguish ourselves from normal games, from normal kind of virtual communities, is that there's a very close link between the developers and the players, and that you know we both have you know kind of shared and aligned economic incentives to help grow this thing together. So. Um, yeah, we you know we've been building in public. Um, we've basically built this game and the features so far, like alongside with our community. And you know, we get to you know we're in an accelerator right now, right? And a lot of early startups they have a hard time like talking to their users, getting like good feedback. But we're friends with our users. We talk to them on right. a daily basis. So you know, there's no shortage of feedback. Our you know the main thing that we have to do is figure out you know kind of the signal from the noise and prioritizing different things. But yeah, there's no shortage of communication. And I think our users, they really appreciate that. You guys just head on over to the Axie Discord and you'll see like there's no toxicity in there. Everyone is kind of like aligned in this mission. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been, you know, it's actually been really special to kind of be a part of this. And yeah, I definitely feel blessed to, you know, actually be a member of the team as well. Is Discord a crucial part of the community coordination? Yeah, right. Right now, it definitely is. So actually, a lot of streamers are now on D Live and things like that. So what, one thing that we're seeing is that you know, if there are big streams or a lot of streamers going on, like the Discord will actually quiet down at certain times now. So I think I think that's quite healthy. I think like you know, the reliance on Discord over time might become less paramount, and especially also as like yeah, we get more gameplay features. Um, like we're actually you know, it's a browser based game right now, right? So we're still in like two thousand one, two thousand two. Right. New ground. The application wave is coming. We're actually testing an alpha for the app right now. It's pretty cool. Um, so I don't know if you guys know this, but we're actually building on Loom Network, which is a layer two solution. I know that MetaCartel is like very, you know, interested in kind of, you know, smoothening and lowering the barriers to entry. And yeah, we think layer two is a huge part of this. Basically, you know, the idea is that DApps have been onboarding people to the settlement layer, and that works well for certain types of DApps, right? And, you know, like maybe DeFi, and that's why probably we're seeing DeFi as kind of like the main aggregator, like users and volume right now. But I think like for, you know, something like a social network, like a for a game, I think layer two is going to be super important where, yeah, you're onboarding your users onto something that's fast, scalable, um, user-friendly, and then giving them the option to withdraw their assets to the to the main chain. So I think it's like giving giving your users the choice to be as secure as they want is important. But, you know, I think like conventional gamers aren't going to put up with, you know, long confirmation times and things like that. So I think it's a key part in the evolution of the space. So yeah, uh, we're, we're working on an app right now where basically what we've done is we've mapped email addresses to a mainnet address or a Loom address. And then you can just, you know, sign in um, to the app with your email and it'll load all your assets. So, uh, yeah, we're super excited to kind of unveil this and show it off to people. And I think uh, it's going to be pretty cool. 
I understand. Like, uh, so basically, ASI has integrated and implemented itself on various chains. Is that right? On layer two scalability chains. Sure. Yeah. Right now, we're building on Loom Network. We're also actually also a, a validator. We're setting up a validator for the Loom chain as well. We did a token swap with uh, the Loom team. Um, so we have a new token, Luna. We actually haven't really done much with it. You know, we want to be very careful when we introduce the native token. And there's a lot of kind of stuff going on behind the scenes with that. Um, but one of the things that we've done so far is that we uh, we swapped enough Luna to get a validator's worth of Loom. So yeah, I think, you know, the Loom team, they move really quickly. They ship. In terms of for scalability, there are kind of two options. There's like, you can use the Cosmos SDK and you can uh, use the Loom. Actually, Cosmos is quite a lot of work. You have to basically spin up your own hub. And we just wanted something lightweight and quick that works. So yeah, we're using Loom right now. Do you think it's a long-term solution for Axie's scalability uh, challenges? It's really hard to say like long-term. I think like Axie is a middleware protocol, right? Where it's like users service, fun as a service. So you know, we want to be blockchain agnostic. Right now, like Loom actually does that decent pretty well because you can actually you know they're integrating with tron eos finance chain right so be able to onboard users from a bunch of different blockchains so yeah you know right now it's it's definitely what works best it's hard it's really hard to say what's going to happen long term but you know i i look at blockchains as kind of like right a decentralized backend so i think you know we can be quite flexible and use what works best um at the moment but uh yeah i really like what the loom team has been doing how big is the I guess, Axie Infinity ecosystem. You talked about how devs and within the Axie community having a close relationship with a lot of the users, you know, uh, and I've even heard of someone like wanting to build a DAO, right, for Axie Infinity development. Would you like to tell us more about that? You know, we're seeing a lot of really interesting things. Our core focus right now is onboarding like high value users. It's basically like streamers or influencers. Uh, thought leaders, but then also obviously community developers, right? Like there are so many Axie tools. If you guys check out axieworld.com, it's actually a community run site, guide ad- aggregator, tool aggregator. There's actually uh, yeah, a couple of mini games that are live right now. One of them being uh, something called Axie Sushi, where you can actually race your Axies. It's fully animated. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The guy who made it, he actually funds like prize pools and rewards. And yeah, we, we've seen people like stay up, I think, 48 hours straight playing that. Um, yeah. It's quite a simple game, but you know, there was a bit, it was like a reward pools and people just went super crazy over it. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're seeing a lot of really smart people enter our ecosystem. And I would say there are around like 15 to 20 community devs right now of varying levels of, you know, kind of dedication and commitment. But uh, yeah, you know, a lot of them have said that. Their uh, skills are uh, skills with like standard web development have been improving a lot. They've been introduced to Web3 programming. You know, one idea that we have long term is, you know, we'd love to open kind of like a, uh, a boot camp of sorts where, you know, the requirement is like, oh, you have to, you know, build stuff for the Axie universe. And that actually probably makes it even more fun because there are a lot of devs, um, amateur kind of hobby game designers who want to build stuff, but don't have free and they don't have access to IP that they can use without and they don't have access to a user base to test out their creation. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's uh, super interesting. Yeah, we're, we're following that, you know, really closely. And, you know, we try and, uh, you know, reward, incentivize, empower our community developers in the right way. But not, not just the developers, we need people to spread the word. So I think we're the only blockchain game with like double digit uh, numbers of streamers. I think we're around 30 right now. And they're actually using something called DLive, which is 
know, PewDiePie is there. They're using Tendermint. Actually, the blockchain stuff is still like on testnet, but I mean, I, I do think that it's it uses a lot of the principles of blockchain, and that you know they use a kind of digital currency to reward engagement and things like that. So there's this like, kind of pseudo wallet and things. So I think the that's also been super important for us, um, not just community developers, but also um, you know interfacing with and teaching these uh, kind of more normal or like more conventional gaming influencers slash streamers. Um, about the world of Web3. One of our top streamers, he's actually a top 25 Apex Legends player. You know, it's, it's crazy, right? Like you wouldn't expect someone who's like, you know, doing really well uh, streaming Apex Legends, which is obviously a very, you know, polished <laughs> mainstream conventional game from, uh, I believe, EA. But, you know, this guy splits time between uh, Apex and Axie. And he's able to actually, because he switches from Apex to Axie, like onboard, a lot of, uh, yeah, you know, kind of conventional gamers into our ecosystem as well. Within Axie itself, there's a lot of different components, which I found really interesting. Like you've got the breeding, you've got the battling, and you have to not only breed your Axies, but you also have to take care of them. Do you know, like the breakdown, like what users is battling the more fun thing? Is that where more of the users go? What attracts them? And then where do they kind of spend most of their time? Do you know? So, I mean, what we've seen is that since we released Battling in October, so there have been around 4.5 million battles so far. And that's when, you know, user engagement and average session time really started to spike. You know, so we have the breeding feature. We kind of added, we added that in because we wanted to attract, you know, a lot of our friends from CryptoKitties um, at the beginning to kind of, you know, bootstrap an early community because that's, you know, that's where the, that's where the uh, non-fungible token users were at the time. But basically what we've done is rather than just like, you know, saying, oh, if you pay 0.008 ETH, you can breed. We make it so that you need to actually battle your axes and get a certain amount of experience before you can breed. Um, and every time an axie breeds, the next subsequent breed requires more experience. So there's also, you know, this idea that we've been kind of careful about how we let the population growth rate uh, trend over time. And we try and keep it so that the floor price of the Axie market is always above the cost of production. Um, so far, it's uh, worked out. So yeah, you touch upon like building that up that initial community, right? When you discovered Axie, how big was the community, right? What do you think was the most important thing in like terms of like growing the community over time to what it is today? Yeah, definitely. So when I discovered the community. There were only 700 axes in existence so far. Like the, my first axe is number 707. So it was like right around like one fifth of the initial asset or like axie sale. I think it was quite small. Like maybe there were like 30 or 40 people who had bought axes up to that point. We like added, you know, we really believe in like hacking things together, moving quickly and rolling out features. But yeah, we wanted to move quickly in the early days. Like actually when we first launched the Axie sale in February of 2018, you couldn't actually even see the Axies. People were paying for these tokens with metadata that were supposedly, you know, gonna show like a cute potato creature. And it was actually a big like event when you can finally see your Axie, when you can finally see your Wow. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we added breeding, we added battling. So we've added like, you know, and we're, you know, we're obviously we're adding land gameplay. We're quite close to releasing the app. We really believe in kind of incrementally rolling out new features. In terms of like a conscientiously growing the community, we've been very careful about, you know, associating ourselves with good projects, kind of cross pollinating with 
some of the communities and projects that we think are doing a really good job. For obviously, for example, like MakerDAO, it's really been a whirlwind, right? Like we travel a lot. So I went to Manila to talk a little bit about blockchain games. I met this guy, Gabby, who, you know, is quite influential in the blockchain gaming space. He started playing our game. He onboarded a lot of players, a lot of people from the crypto scene in Manila. That was back in October and I just returned and, you know, I went to a meetup and a lot of people were playing our game. Like there used to be a time when I knew every single person that played Axie Infinity. So for me to like now do these meetups and for people to ask for selfies, for people to say, hey, like, can you send me some <laughs> show me their collection and ask me for tips? You know, it's quite surreal. We onboarded the right type of people in the early days and they've been really good about showing axes to, you know, their friends that they think they'd be interested. So initially, you know, a lot of like their crypto trader friends, but it's now becoming their muggle friends, slowly but surely. That's pretty cool, like organic growth just from having the right community from the start. We have never spent money on marketing. What we've done is like we've done targeted outreach to different influencers, right? Like streamers, like, you know, I'll just see a streamer who's maybe a little bit interested in crypto that I think is a good fit for the community. I mean, they tend to also come to us, like the art, the community, there's just something about Axie that attracts a certain type of person who's kind of like a futurist, who's creative and uh, interested in exploring. There's something about these creatures that brings uh, really awesome people and it kind of snowballs from there. And, you know, we're still in like the days, you know, I, I tried to buy Bitcoin in 2010 or 2011. I had to run a command line, right? So, so it's like the early days of any like, you know, any crypto ecosystem are kind of like self-selected, right? You have to kind of go through, you know, jump through some barriers, right? So right now it's kind of like a very core committed, like self-selected community. And um, it's very positive. And what I'm seeing is that even as we grow, the kind of initial, I guess, like the ethos or the character of the community kind of saying very similar to the original core community that we built up. Do you think there were any really important cultural events that happened within the community? Like um, important memes, you know, ideas, <laughs> ideologies, maybe do you have a manifesto on like a community conduct, code of conduct? Is there any of that? Or was it really just like, we just let things happen? We're in the Discord every day, kind of like, um, you know, talking to our players, like sharing like the greater vision. Like they're really like committed to this idea of play to earn. Gaming companies these days are kind of abusive. Like you're seeing this with like Fortnite, like selling, you know, loot boxes to children. And I think EA, right? There's actually like a bill in the Senate that's like, you know, going after these kind of abusive like loot box models. Whereas with Axie, you know, we're empowering our players. There are students who've made quite a bit of money for their educations as well playing Axie. So I think they're really excited about this idea of play to earn. I think they're really excited about how open and communicative we are with the community. The land sale um, was a kind of big turning point because usually, right, we see with like teams like uh, Fuel Brothers, like they made, they're making gods unchained, right? Like they basically, they made Etherbox, they raised a million dollars from their community and said it was like a proof of concept and then like, you know, got money from Coinbase Ventures and then they did very well monetarily, at least like with gods unchained. Our approach is a little bit different in that we really believe that, you know, the core Axie IP is super compelling. And I think our players like feel really like grateful to us for like not abandoning them and moving on to something else. So I think like the land sale was like a big uh, moment for the community where we're actually like raising an equity round in November. And, you know, people were, it was like the bear market and people were like, oh, I don't know, like, your user base is kind of small, like 
was a lot of money. Like you, you did pretty well, but like that was kind of a long time ago. It was a little bit difficult, but so basically, we, you know, we decided to do this land sale to kind of you know expand the scope of the universe, and we raised around four thousand ether. Raised twelve thousand or twelve hundred ETH in the first day. I think like four hundred ETH in the first second. Mm. People saw really like the power of basically you know doing a NFT sale for, with a pre-existing community. So what we saw is that you know we made referral links and our players were super active on Twitter, um, Telegram, like they were streaming uh, the event. If you really treat your players the right way and your community members, like they'll work really hard for you. They come through. Yeah. We're just like blown away by that show of support and that show of faith. And yeah, it's, it's really helped us out and they helped themselves out because now funding, like, and, you know, been easier to get interest from investors as well, like conventional investors or VC funds. We're now in a really good spot to kind of build out this universe to a degree that none of us probably ever imagined. What are some dApps out there that you would love to steal some ideas from? What are some exciting dApps that you think out there right now doing really good work? You know, people are going to be uh, sniping my ideas here, but... Wow. What was that like thing that launched on Product Hunt, like the, the no-risk lottery? The pooling, uh, pool together lottery, yeah. Pool together, yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Like, I think, yeah, imagine like an Axie tournament where, you know, in order to enter, you have to like kind of put a certain amount of die into the pool, it lends it out, and then basically the prize pool of the tournament is, is made up of the interest. So I think that's like a super easy idea, potentially low hanging fruit. There was a lot of like a fascination or infatuation at the beginning of the blockchain gaming space about interopping like different games, right? Like you can play them into another uh, game. I was like, I've never been like too excited about that, to be honest. Like some people would probably hate me for saying that. Yeah, I can uh, imagine like there's a certain group of people I know of uh, waiting with pitchforks. Maybe they'll come through, but like I'm most interested about interopping with like the coolest smart contracts, right? That makes sense. So that's why, you know, you mentioned this earlier. It's like, oh, what if you do a maker integration like directly into your game? Like that's something we want to have a bank within our game. We we'll have a centralized bank, a centralized maker fork uh, that I run by myself called GeoDAO. Right. I lend our players Ether, Dive, and they use their Mystic axes as collateral. I want to, you know, actually have that inside of our game, right? Basically, imagine like MakerDAO is just a bank, like the Bank of Lunacia with the NPC, right? Rather than like having to like read like some blog posts about how the maker system works, like you just have like some pawn shop or banker character NPC saying like, hey, like if you deposit this, I'll let you take out this amount, but you got to leave something. I think something like that, that would be super cool. Yeah, when are we going to see Axie pay? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, just completely dominate user acquisition and, and I guess the distribution side of things, right? Become this aggregator. Yeah, definitely. Right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. To become an aggregator for web-free users, right? And supply all these protocols that uh, your users. Axie pay, Axie bank, Axie bet, right? Just like a skin of like Olga. Maybe you take like 10% or 1% fees for everything, right? For all transactions. I don't know. Like, it's... There's definitely a lot of potential for us to be like financial services play, right? Like actually we have a wallet, like our players don't know that it's their wallet really. Like right. They just call it their FD Loom account, but right, like they've locked, right, like hundreds of ETH inside this wallet. And it's like, okay, like you just spin up a mirror contract that lends it on either Compound, DYDX, and you're good to go. Stuff like that is super interesting to me. Like I find like the myriad uh, monetization models that are possible in Web3 like super fascinating and 
teams are very, quite limited in the number of ideas they can pursue. So it's super important for us to all be sharing ideas, testing out different things, like taking things from each other. Definitely. Mixing and matching ideas. I joke about like, oh, people are going to take my ideas. But no, I mean, I do that all the time. I expect other people to do that to me. <laughs> yeah. And that's how we're all going to like push each other forward and onboard a lot of people. And yeah, as kind of like an aggregator of users, like I think that's definitely something that's super compelling to me. There was actually just a leak in the Korean media that will be partnering with uh, Kakao, which is kind of like Clayton, which is like a, a Kakao's blockchain, kind of very similar to Libra. And it's kind of, I think it's consensus mechanisms, basically like an Ether fork, but like LG and like, I think Samsung are going to be like the node operators. It's a um, Southeast Asian mafia. So, you know, we're going to be working with them too and, you know, integrating their token into our ecosystem. And, you know, I'm sure like there's going to be a fair amount of like Clayton ETH swaps Clayton Axie swaps, or Clay, I think their token is called Clay's. We're seeing some of the, we're already like seeing some of the most powerful corporations um, in the world, like coming to us saying, hey, we've heard good things about Axie in your community. Like, can you introduce our token or our product to your users? And to me, that's super surreal. I'm a half Korean, actually. All my Korean relatives are like, what is Jiho doing? Like, he lives in Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening right now? It's like something to do with Bitcoin. But then I'm like, yeah, oh, like, I was at the Clayton office and, like, took some picture. And they're like, oh, like, oh, you're doing something like that. That's actually really cool. (laughs) Things like Clayton and uh, Libra are going to be super interesting. I think they're actually quite bullish for ETH because when people aren't coming to crypto, like, they want to make money. So they're not going to just be content holding a stable coin, right? It's like, okay, I have this. Facebook coin. It's like, but it's just worth what? It's only, it's just pegged to fiat. Like, how do I make money? And they're like, okay, like, where's the Libra Bitcoin pair? Where's the Libra ETH pair? Where's the Libra Axie pairs? I think it's going to be a huge opportunity uh, for, for all of us. And I'm super excited to see how it plays out. What are some of the business models that you're looking to maybe pursue or experiment with with Axie? As I mentioned, right, like, there's a, a traditional like network monetization model where a teams can provide like a portion of their airdrops like we use that to incentivize our users we can also eventually start you know taking a little cut of that we sell collectibles like we've done really well just you know selling collectibles i look at them as work tokens they're kind of like work tokens to kind of interact with the network and you know get uh airdrops from strong teams or win pr- uh, parts of the prize pool of different like tournaments, things like that. But those, that's kind of basic. Yeah, as I mentioned, like you know, uh, being a wallet provider and lending out Dai or uh, whatever they stick in there. I'm interested in yeah, like if they deposit their ETH on a layer two like smart contract wallet, like can we build a mirror contract on mainnet? Or is DeFi actually going to start coming to layer two? That's also something to, like keep an eye out for, right? DYDX basically. Like you deposit into the smart contract wallet and that's like your account. I mean, that's quite similar to just depositing onto a Loom wallet on layer two and the UX would be a lot faster or smoother. So I I think like something like that will probably pop up in the next couple of months as well. And just to kind of clarify, how do the users, you said a couple of them have made some money playing in the Axie universe. Can you just kind of go over the ways that they've done that? So there are certain axes called Mystic axes and Origin axes, which have capped supplies. The Origins are capped, hard capped at forty eighty eight, and Mystics will be around like one third of those. We still actually have like a reserve supply of tokens that can be converted into those. So we haven't like hit those hard caps yet, but it's like basically like ninety five percent of them have been rolled. Those are kind of like the collectible, like you know, scarce 
actually deflationary because sometimes, you know, people like, leave or like, lose their keys. Um, assets in the Axie universe. So what we've seen is like, for example, Mystic Axies, they started out or, around like you could get them for maybe 0.3 Ether. And now, you know, the cheapest one is around one Ether. And those are also like the ones on the floor are like not that beautiful or not that great at battling. So yeah, there's kind of like this, you know, the Magic the Gathering kind of play, right, is where you hoard a scarce like asset from the beginning of the game. And there's that way, right? So collecting and as more collectors come into the ecosystem, having the value accrue like that. There's also, yeah, like, you know, breeding axes. So as I mentioned before, like the cheapest axie has never fallen below the cost of production. Um, so it's actually been like, you have to take some time to battle and play and think, but it's always been profitable to breed axes. Winning tournaments. There are actually people who like provide services too, where, where they'll like help people like choose their teams and kind of like tutoring services as well that some people charge for. We also do bounty programs where if you make like some guy got a tattoo, shout out to this guy Cloud White. <laughs> he got a ta- Axie tattoo. It was actually like featured in Coin Dust Korea as well. He got an Axie tattoo, and like you know, we gave him like a, a bounty for that after the fact. People have made like raps, musicals. Like if you look up Axie Infinity musical on YouTube, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. There are a lot of ways, right? I think like my vision or our vision is that we want everyone to be able to monetize their time and their specific skill set in a different way in the Axie community. So I want some people to be able to earn by playing. I want other people to be able to earn by like trading or like having a good eye for, you know, what might go up in value. Otherwise, you know, obviously, like I want community developers to be fairly incentivized and rewarded. The influencers, the streamers, the content creators, the bloggers, people who write the guides. There have been a lot of different ways, I think, to monetize your time in the Axie universe. And playing the game is actually, you know, kind of just uh, one of the options. Just seems like there's something for everyone. That's kind of what we're trying to do. Appeal to like a very broad demographic and a broad skill set. I mean, it could literally become something for everyone later down the track. We're going to work really hard on like lowering the barriers to entry being like, you know, some things that are quite simple and fun and like, you know, could be done by a child. I mean, what we're seeing is actually like, there are a lot of like 30 to 40 uh, year old uh, men who collect like, you know, the high value, like the investment grade axes, buy a lot of land. And then they'll actually like have their children like manage their <laughs> collection wow. for them. And their kids are super into it, like also like introducing their friends. There's a special relationship between a child and their parent when you share a hobby together. I actually grew up collecting with my father. I don't know if you know this, but Pokemon was actually inspired by like Japanese insect collecting. So, you know, obviously like Axie is like partly inspired by Pokemon. So I think like there's a lot of that like hobbyist kind of dynamic at work. And I thought I was really struck this last trip, especially like I saw a lot of fathers and their children um, talking about Axie together. There's actually this seven-year-old kid. He like listed off the top of his head, like eight of the top Axie players slash women. We have a video of it. I'll post it on Twitter later. It's pretty funny. Keep an eye out for that. That's awesome. It's been super interesting to see the kinds of like relationships. That's actually wild. It's like the new chess. Like that's going to be uh, millennials uh, or like the new version of millennials, maybe like 20 years later, everyone's just like playing collectibles games. What happened with Magic, right? Like why the, the game's so strong? I don't know if you guys like follow Magic, but it's been like yeah, definitely pretty huge bull market. 
what happened is that a lot of these uh, people would play like in the early 90s as kids and then they grew up like they became like Bitcoin wells <laughs> or like, got wealthy in different ways. And then um, they're like, oh, like I want a Black Lotus finally. Or, I want this. I want this. I like hope. I hope that to happen in the future, like 15, 20 years down the line, like, you know, some of the current children, the children or the current like kids who are playing like will uh, become successful or whatever. And, uh, you know, start splurging on some of, like, the luxury items. I do, like, like this idea of, like, Axie being kind of, like, a, a luxury brand within the NFT space. And that's also something that I'm interested in, in, like, preserving to a certain extent, while also, like, still being accessible to the masses. Like, where we have different solutions to that. Like, for example, like, you know, making, like, starter Axies, which are not tokenized and um, just allow people to kind of, like, play around the universe. Maybe they won't be able to earn, but they'll be able to fall in love with the art. And the community and then like be onboarded that way. I think that's a nice sentiment to end on. I would just like to thank you for coming on to our podcast. It was really cool discussion, learned a lot. Thanks so much for having me guys. Huge fan of the podcast and uh, I'll, I'll definitely see you guys. I guess you're officially now a wizard of DAS, right? <laughs> If you enjoyed what you listened to and are interested in supporting this podcast, then please follow us on Twitter at Wizard of Daps. The show notes will be on our website, and if you want to continue the conversation, join our Telegram group. All links will be in the episode description. Thanks for listening.